Ladies and gentlemen, dear guests, dear shareholders, I would like to welcome you on behalf of the board to our ordinary general meeting in Tiuli Congress Center. The total executive management and board of directors are present. They are in the first row up here. And they will be available also after the meeting if you would like to talk to some of them. We have decided on the board, as in previous years, to ask uh, attorney at law, Klaus Sugo, to act as chairman of the meeting. I will now hand over to him. Thank you very much. My first job is to establish whether the meeting has been duly convened. You will feel assured when I say that uh, I will come to that eventually. I will not go into too many formalities, but in Danish legislation and in Articles of Association, there are certain provisions that have to be met. We have to have a meeting in the Greater Copenhagen area before the 1st of May, and the meeting should be convened on the company's website and also by letter sent to those shareholders having requested that specifically, and also in a release to the Copenhagen Stock Exchange. It must be done between three to five weeks before the meeting, and all these requirements have been complied with. With regard to the adoption of the business on the agenda, everything can be adopted today by means of simple majority. 7.2 is about electronic communication and involves an amendment to the Articles of Association. Here we need two-thirds majority. 599 have asked for entry cards. 404 are shareholders. About five minutes ago, when I got the preliminary accounting, 234 had appeared, 173 shareholders. 227 have voted in advance and 36 have given uh, power of attorney to the board. Today it is possible to vote yes, no, don't know by means of special proxy forms that are available on the website. About 36% of the voting stock is represented at today's meeting. There are a number of items on the agenda if you want a vote specifically for each item, that is possible. If that is the case, we will use electronic devices as we've done before. Un unless there is not a specific request for something else. Uh, I intend to uh, just look at the reactions in the audience to decide whether or not a proposal has been adopted. As usual, we will deal with the first items in one go, and I will now hand over to the chairman of the board, Mr. Vaughan Sørensen, so that he can introduce the first items. I will come back later for the Q&A session after the report. Thank you, Klaus. When I spoke from this podium last year at the AGM, we were facing a very difficult market situation. Our customers postponed not only all major investments, but also ordinary periodical service and maintenance activities. As a result, we started 2016 with an exceptionally weak first quarter. It only picked up a little bit in the second quarter. As a result of this, we had to carry out further capacity adjustments in the autumn of 2016. Since then, our markets have stabilized and we had a strong fourth quarter, so we're able to end the year in a, at a quite sensible uh, level. 
The priorities of the executive management and the board directors in 2016 were driven by the challenging market situation at the beginning of the year, so the overriding objective was to navigate the group safely through the longest cement and mining recession for more than 100 years and to be sure that we are efficient and as well prepared for the future as possible. The future recovery is likely to be different from the boom we experienced uh, in the Nautis when the phenomenal Chinese growth locomotives, locomotive powered buoyant demand for minerals and cement. In those years, the question was to be able to deliver as much as possible, as quickly as possible, and as cheaply as possible. Now we are facing a different growth scenario. We now need what we need to do now is to optimize the capacity we had already delivered. So we need to be able to deliver the best performance and the best productivity to customers. We are confident that productivity is the key to future success. We are working intensively to transform FL Smith to become the leading supplier of productivity to the cement and mining industries. Briefly, productivity simply means getting more out of less, using fewer resources. Enhanced productivity you can achieve through uh, innovation, digitalization, automation, and efficiency improvements. Productivity, well, that's both internally, in-house, and also the productivity of our customers. Now, in order to be able to sell productivity externally to our customers, we need to show the way internally. We need to live and breathe productivity. In-house, that means that we need to maintain our strong focus on our cost structure, on quality, and on occupational safety. And I'd like to comment briefly on each of these uh, three areas. Because of the prolonged recession, we had to optimize our cost structure and to carry out further capacity adjustments in 2016. So we had to let employees go, and we had to accelerate the implementation of a new procurement strategy in order to uh, obtain considerable savings on procurement. So we had to lay off about 600 employees in the autumn of 16, and we cut our costs by a total of 400 million kroner. It's important to point out, however, that in the last four years, revenue and costs have dropped more than our headcount. So management has focused on retaining critical skills and competences throughout the recession. We have actually also taken on new people in the process, process that can support our strategy to become the leading provider of productivity to the cement and minerals industry. Another important element in our program was the uh, procurement strategy. About 70% of our costs relate to sub purchases from subcontractors. We have consolidated purchases across our four divisions so as to be able to benefit from our status as an international player so we can purchase uh, in bigger quantities and at better prices. We place larger orders with fewer suppliers. We also get improved reliability of supply and better quality. Our plan is to cut the number of suppliers from 15,000 to 7,500, so by 50%. We also work to involve suppliers at an earlier stage in our technical processes and to standardize our products. 
we expect to be able to trim our purchasing costs by 100 million krona in 2017 in this process. All our corrective actions are expected to result in cost savings of 500 million krona in 2017. I mean, but not all the effects will be visible in 2017. There are some one-off costs in connection with the implementation of our program, and there will also be further uh, pressure on prices. In part of our parts of our business, that sort of offset that quality. That was another focus area in 2016. High quality has also been uh, part of our brand, but we are not resting on our laurels. We can do even better. It's extremely important to us that customers always get what they expect and when they expect it. In 2016, we therefore started reporting externally on our new quality number that we call DIFOT, Delivery in Full on Time, D-I-F-O-T. So, for some time now, we have measured all critical internal and external deliveries. We have individual commitment to timely delivery. We've improved our ability to deliver on time and in full to customers. So DIFOT went up from 77% in 15 to 84% in 2016. So uh, we have achieved 84% of our ambitious DIFOT target. Safety is another important indicator for our in-house productivity. Occupational safety, safety is extremely important to us and to our customers. Health and safety, good health and safety statistics are often a prerequisite for being considered as a supplier. Over the last five years, we've consistently improved our occupational safety. We measure that by means of the injury frequency rate. That's the number of industrial injuries per one million working hours. Since 2012, this rate has dropped from 4.7 to 1.5. This is actually a handsome result. We're very proud of it. Uh, and we can be also when we compare with our nearest uh, peers. Our customers in the mining industry saw productivity plummet throughout the Nortis. There was a massive investment in new mines and capacity increase of existing plants but, uh, and mines. But these investments have not delivered the intended productivity. So now they need to optimize productivity of existing processing plants. So they need to minimize costs, to de-bottleneck, and to optimize recovery, recovery rates. F.L. Smith is in, is in a very good position when it comes to increasing uh, their productivity. We have a unique combination of knowledge from projects, uh, products, and services. And this knowledge gives us the possibility to optimize uh, our customers' processes. And the mining and cement industries are increasing their focus on sustainability. There are even stricter environmental requirements all the time in regard to water, energy, pollution, and emissions. Scarcity of energy and water also lead to a more complex and costly operation. F.L. Smith, well, we have the experience and the technologies to help customers optimize operations in these fields. Uh, the group's innovation and development activities are increasingly focused on service and maintenance in order to enhance productivity at customers' existing plants. So it's wearing parts and spare parts with longer service lives. One of the most interesting results uh, is ROL, rapid oxidative leaching. 
This is a method for uh, leaching copper from difficult raw materials quickly and cheaply. This is a really a landmark innovation. It's been 40 years in the process. We actually received an award for this result in 2016. We are doing pilot testing right now and commercializing that particular uh, product. Our financial result in 2016 was influenced by a challenging market, especially in the first six months of the year. Even in services, there was a complete stop uh, in January. That's quite un unusual given the high rates of production in the industry. And there were no, basically no major minerals projects put out to tender in 2016. So the order intake in mineral, the order intake in minerals, of course, reflected that. There is more optimism now because of raw material prices and better cash flow from operations, but still, there are no signs in the short term that there will be major investments coming. The mining companies, they maintain record high production. So there is now more demand for services and spare parts from our customer services and product companies divisions. And we saw that particularly in the second half of the year. The market for new uh, cement capacity has been at, an, at a low for, for years now. But there was a small increase, small recovery, recovery in 2016. But there's still a lot of competition, and we have a lot of pressure on earnings because of competition. But it was a weak start, as said, that we had this year, and uh, we decided to do the, correct, the capacity adjustments in August. So we revised our earnings guidance when we released our first half interim report. We had expected a revenue of 17 to 20 billion kroner and an EBITDA margin of 7 to 9%. So in August, uh, what we did was we narrowed our revenue guidance. We now said 17 to, 17 to 18 billion kroner, and we narrowed our EBITDA margin to 7 to 8% because of the one-off costs related to uh, capacity adjustments. Corrected for currencies, our order intake grew by 2% to 18.3 billion, but revenue fell 6% to 18.2 uh, billion in 2016. EBITDA fell to 1.3 billion kroner. That's an EBITDA margin of 7.1%. Most of our earnings come from customer services and product companies. They provided a strong foundation for the group in the current downturn, whereas earnings in cement and minerals, of course, were adversely affected by the challenging market conditions in the year under review. Some of the shareholders and employees present today may remember that our strategy to grow both minerals and customer services originates in the focus strategy adopted by the Board of Directors in 2002 and subsequently executed by Board of Directors and Executive Management. In 2002, customer services and minerals each accounted for about 10% of our overall business. In 2016, our overall service activities generated 56% of revenue and 55% of revenue was related to the mining industry. Our service activities have been remarkably stable over the past four years of recession, and this has provided a solid floor under our revenue and earnings during a difficult period. At this point, 
I would like to talk a bit about the resigning members of the board. The only incumbent director in office that has been with us since 2002 is the vice chairman, Mr. Torkel Benson, who has decided not to seek re-election at this AGM. And I would like to take this opportunity to thank him for his huge contribution and passionate commitment to the company over the past 15 years. And thank you also to Steen Jacobsen, who has also decided not to seek re-election after six years on the board. And if you would help me, I would like to give these people a round of applause. Twenty sixteen was a very good year from a cash flow perspective. Cash flows from operating activities came to one point five billion kroner, which five hundred million was attributable to a reduction in networking capital. Net interest bearing debt declined by one point one billion kroner to two point five billion at year end twenty sixteen, and that's the lowest level uh, in five years. As a result, our financial gearing, which is calculated as the ratio of net debt to EBITDA, declined to 1.6 at the end of 2016, which was within the target that we had decided, which was a maximum ratio of 2.0. Equity, equity increased to 8.5 billion kroner, which means that the equity ratio went up to 35%, which is above the target of minimum 30%. Our objective is to pay out between 30 and 50% of the profit for the year as dividend. But due to the positive cash flow performance, we recommend a slightly higher payout ratio for 2016. And on this basis, the Board of Directors proposes to the ADM that a dividend of 6 kroner per share be paid out for 2016 or a total distribution of cash of 307 million kroner which is the same as a payout ratio of 59% and a dividend yield of 2.0%. We expect 2017 to see a fairly flat performance compared with 2016 with potential large orders remaining few and far between, but with service activities showing continued solid momentum. Mining investments are not expected to pick up until later in 2017. The cement industry is currently showing signs of guarded optimism, but the market remains affected by intense competition and considerable price pressure. In 2017, we expect consolidated revenue in the range of 17 to 19 billion kroner and an EBITDA margin of 7 to 9%. ROIC is expected at around 8 to 10 percent in 2017. Management intends in 2017 to focus in particular on a strengthening of the group's skills and technologies in order to position FL Smith as the leading productivity provider to the global cement and minerals industries. Focus will also be more on boosting growth in areas with an untapped potential, for instance, increased sales of wear parts, a broader geographical presence and growth of sales of a large number of products to adjacent industries such as power and steel. Also, a quick 
commercialization of new products and services. And last but not least, a position in the forefront when it comes to digitization and automation to support the productivity agenda. And now something about remuneration of executive management and board members. In accordance with the recommendations of the Committee on Corporate Governance, I'll now go over the remuneration uh, to executive management and board of directors. And first of all, I'd like to confirm that there were no deviations in 2016 from the general guidelines on incentive pay, which was adopted by the AGM. Total remuneration to executive management in 2016 consisted of a gross salary, which is a fixed element including pension, and standard benefits such as company paid car and phone. In addition, members of executive management received a cash bonus of up to 50% of their gross salary and performance-based shares representing a value not exceeding 35% of their gross salary at the time of the grant. The intention of having variable pay components is to ensure value creation and fulfillment of the company's short and long-term goals. The group executive management, consisting of the CEO and the CFO, received a total of 14.5 million kroner in total remuneration in 2016, compared to 13.5 million the year before. Item 7.4 on the agenda today is about the approval of updated guidelines for incentive pay. The board finds that we need stronger focus on the variable remuneration paid to the group executive management. And as regard the long-term incentive program, we therefore propose to raise the upper limit to the value of performance-based shares from 35% to 50% of the basic salary. And for the short-term incentive program, it is recommended that the upper limit be increased from 50% to 75% of the basic salary. In connection with the release of the annual report for 2016, the Board of Directors has resolved to grant conditional shares to a total of 139 people comprising the group executive management and key employees. The cost of this group program will run into 44 million in 2016 and will involve a maximum of 123,487 shares calculated on the basis of the average closing price of the share during the first five trading days after the release of the full year financial statements. Vesting and granting will be conditional upon the achievement of financial targets related to the EBITDA margin and working capital expressed as a percentage of revenue. If the shareholders present today approve the updated guidelines for incentive pay, the number of shares granted to the group executive management will go up by 2,668, representing a value of 1 million kroner in case of full vesting. Concerning remuneration to the board of directors, the base fee has not been changed since 2009. It was uh, notified at last year's AGM that the board this year would recommend an increase in base fee from 400,000 kroner to 450,000 kroner in order to be able to attract international industry professionals. We also recommend an adjustment of the allowance for serving on committees. It is recommended that the committee fee be raised to 125,000 for ordinary committee members and 225,000 kroner for committee chairs. 
Chairman and Vice Chairman will not receive committee fees, but they will receive a higher base fee made up of the ordinary base fee multiplied by two and three respectively. The Board of Directors also have two amendments to the Articles of Association that I'd like to explain. I'm talking about item 7.1 on the agenda, which involves permission to prepare company announcements in English only, and 7.2, which involves electronic communication. The corporate language in our business is English. Only a minority of customers and employees speak Danish, and our website and intranet are therefore in English. A substantial proportion of the members of the executive management and the board of directors come from international backgrounds and all speak English. At the same time, interest in and demand for documentation in Danish is waning, and that's why we ask for permission to release company announcements in English only if that is what the board of directors wishes to decide. Concerning electronic communication, we feel that we should move with the times and employ those modes of communication that are generally used in society, also by public authorities. Electronic communication is nowadays the most widely used type of communication. I hope that these proposals will be supported by the shareholders. And then in conclusion, I'd like to thank the executive management and the board of directors for excellent cooperation And I'd also like to express my gratitude to the around 12,000 employees of the group who have all put in exemplary efforts and kept a clear head and have had strong spirits during a number of difficult years. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's now possible to ask questions or make comments concerning the report and the various items, including the financial statements. There are three people who have announced to me in advance that uh, they would like to have the floor. They'll have the floor first, and I'll ask afterwards if others would like to take the floor. First speaker is Klaus Östergaard. Then we have Klaus Werner Müller from ATP, the pension fund, and Nils Jassen from the Danish Elders Association. But first is Klaus Östergaard. Dear Chairman of the meeting, dear Board, dear Management, dear shareholders, I'm here in my capacity as Chairman of the Danish Association of Employees, so I represent employees in F.L. Smith who get their pay from the Danish part of F.L. Smith. Last year at the AGM, I praised our management because in 2013 they carried out what you could call right-sizing, and that seemed to result in a reasonable sharing sort of resources between you shareholders and us employees. So it was a question of giving continuity in in Denmark in 14 and 15. And I expressed the hope last year that we had now bottomed out and we could look forward to progress. But as we already heard from the chairman of the board, In the first and second quarters in 2016, it it became clear that we hadn't really reached the bottom yet. I've been here long enough to know that this probably meant that, uh, well, more people had to be terminated. And that did happen in the third quarter. And I have nothing to blame you for, given the knowledge we had at that time. 
But now, six months later, it is disturbing to see how busy our colleagues are, particularly in cement and staff function, functions, but also customer service, air tech, and automation. So I'm afraid we don't have the, uh, the resources it takes to be able to work smarter than we did yesterday all the time. I'm afraid that next year I'll have to, you know, I'll have colleagues who cannot uh, keep up to the pressure, and I'm afraid there will be projects we cannot give the resources and we need to keep them on track um, in order to be able to make the relatively small profit on some of these uh, projects. Um, but I do know that at all levels of our organization, there are people working to make sure that my fears do not materialize. Despite the challenges we see, um, but now that uh, the success in cement seems to be germinating, well, despite these challenges, it is positive what we are seeing, and I look forward to seeing an increase in the order intake as we are now seeing in cement, but hopefully at a more leisurely pace, if you like, and at prices that are not so much under pressure. Is F.L. Smith a Danish company? Well, listening to you shareholders here today, I would say yes, of course. Headquarters? Yes, of course. When I hear, hear our German manager talk about transparency, uh, not taking bribes and loyalty when it comes to delivering what we promised, being there for our customers, behaving decently, I don't know if it's particularly Danish, but it does make me proud that these are the values in this global company, which at least in its origin is Danish. If you look at page 31 in the annual report, you can see that only 9% of the employees in F.L. Smith work in Denmark. So if we do a head count, and of course we, we do that in the land of co-ops, uh, we have one and a half times more Americans than Danes and two and a half times more Indians than Danes. And of course it's sad that that more and more jobs are being relocated from Western countries to countries such as India and China in order to be able to manage in a globalized world. On the other hand, we are pleased in the Employees Association to see that F.L. Smith is gathering global field services as a business unit in Denmark. These are 250 people from 50 nationalities, all working out there with our customers, so they're extremely important for the product we deliver. But now they're working for a Danish company, so they sort of get closer to the rest of the business. Both globally and in Denmark, we see many measures to reduce costs. We uh, understand that, well, sometimes these uh, initiatives can give better terms for employees. We have a new pension agreement and health insurance among the best in the Danish market, so that's been a benefit for us. In the surrounding society, you also now see more optimism and germinating growth. We hope that will disseminate throughout F.L. Smith, so there'll be work and profit again, so we can maintain and develop uh, the faithful employees of the company in Denmark and elsewhere. On, with these words, on behalf of the employees in Denmark, I wish F.L. Smith a safe, sustainable uh, and successful 2017. Thank you. Thank you very much. And the next speaker is Klaus Bernerwiller from the Danish Labour Market Supplementary Pension Fund. You have the floor, sir. 
Tak for ordet. Thank you. I am Klaus Berner Müller and I represent the ATP Pension Fund. First of all, I'd like to thank you for the report and also the presentation of the annual accounts 2016. 2016 was another challenging year for Phil Smith. Early on in the year, it was announced that revenue would be between 17 and 18 billion Danish kroner and EBITDA would be around 7 to 9%. The revenue target was achieved and actually just beaten, but the margin was at the lower end of the interval by being 7.1%. The difficult times in cement and mining industries continued in 2016, and it is quite an achievement to live up to the expectations announced in early in the year. Another positive achievement was the development in networking capital, which declined from 2.6 billion Danish kroner to 2.1 billion Danish kroner. The major improvement helped reduce the amount in net interest-bearing debt. I would like to know if this very positive development in net working capital will continue in 2016 and whether the decline in receivables uh, will continue, in particular the long-term ones, and the objective that networking capital accounts for maximum 10% of re revenue, when will that be achieved, do you think? F.L. Smith's own uh, opinion is that we have uh, been at the bottom of the cycle and there have been a couple of major orders in the first quarter of 17. As recently as in August month, uh, August last year, it was announced that additional savings were required. The question is if Phil Smith will be able to strike the right balance between right-sizing and making sure that there is a long-term potential now that we hopefully will soon see uh, the market turn around. There have been restructurings in recent years, and it's difficult to reach a, a, a conclusion, but I'm quite sure that you will f be able to strike good balance. But we will not be able to tell until in a couple of years from now. Later today, we will decide on a proposal from the board to the effect that new guidelines for incentive pay be introduced. I think it's a good idea to increase the performance-related proportion of pay in we support the proposal, but we also make a note that two years in a row uh, this has been increased. And to round off, I'd like to congratulate both executive management, board, and employees, and wish them all the best and much success in future. Thank you to Klaus Östergaard from the Employees Association. As always, very well-balanced intervention from you. We are very happy with the cooperation we have with the uh, Employees Association, and we always uh, take good note of the input that you bring to the table. Klaus Östergaard, Klaus Werner Müller, that I'd also like to thank. Uh, I'd like to say to both of you that we really focus a lot on striking the right balance. Uh, when it comes to sort of adjusting the company to the recession, but only to such a level that we are able to uh, to be there with the right competences when the market 
improves. So we pay a lot of attention to that. Let me say also to Klaus Werner Müller, thank you for the nice words that you gave us. You had a question concerning working capital. Lars Vestergaard, the CFO, will address that one. But let me just comment on one point. The variable pay, the performance-related pay. We focus a bit on the change that we are seeing in the market at the moment. We are seeing that more performance-related pay. If you look at where F.L. Smith is at, uh, comparing with other companies at the peers in C25, we're at the low end in terms of the percentage, but also in terms of the total pay. Uh, through these proposals, we, the board would like to have more flexibility to sort of correct that a little bit going forward. And over to the CFO. Thank you. The working capital, yes. 2016 was a difficult year for our customers. We focused a lot on receiving payment on time. Our organization has done a sterling effort in this field. Because of that, our working capital as a percentage of turnover has gone from 13 to 11.5%. Our target is 10%. And we do expect to get there within the coming years. This all depends a lot on our business mix. If cement and minerals increase, we improve our working capital, whereas if we go up in customer service and product companies, our working capital sort of deteriorates. So this is dependent also on the business mix. We have improved a lot in recent years, and we will continue having that focus, as Vaughn said. 50% uh, of the uh, in incentive program actually relates to the working capital. So it's very important to receive payment from customers because they've under pressure. They've been under pressure concerning cash flow. The overdue invoices, we've improved a lot in 2016, still a major focus area, and uh, we do expect to improve even further in 2017 on that one. The next speaker, the Danish Shareholders Association, Nils Ogelassen, you have the floor. Thank you. I am Nils Olasen and I come from the Danish Society of Private Shareholders and we work to protect the interests of our members. First, thank you for a good report and congratulations with the result which is more than 20% over last year's level. I would like to add that if in future you want only to send out the annual report in English, I would ask you also to produce a summary in Danish in the form of a small booklet because many of our members are not experienced in reading uh, about these matters in English. It is very positive that you comply with all the recommendations in relation to corporate governance and it's also commendable that practically all board members have shareholdings in the company on which they serve on the board. In the board, only 14% are women, and I would like to hear if you have any specific target for the distribution of gender on the board. And risk management, 
Well, we uh, hear so much about cyber attacks. Have you come across this, and do you ha- have you taken out insurance against it? Next year's result will be affected by changes in commodity prices, and I would like to hear if these prices have been taken account of in the guidance. It's an impressive uh, development in relation to new technology that you uh, show. Hot disk technology is impressive, where it's possible to in uh, incinerate uh, a waste in connection with cement perfoxin instead of using fossil fuels. In China, there are 40 cement factories, and they have about they have opened up now. They are a major market for you to tap into in future. You propose an increased dividend this year, and this is something that pleases many shareholders. We'd like to thank you for that. We wish you and your many dedicated employees all the best in future. Thank you for your attention. Thank you. That's our last one from the Danish Shoulders Association. Thank you for a good intervention. Let me reply to just two of the questions and then the thing about the, the commodity prices. I'll ask Thomas Schulz to respond to that one subsequently. Now, as regards the gender percentages on the board, well, with what is then hopefully the composition that that we approved here at the AGM, the one that's being proposed today, we will actually have a change in the distribution because two out of the six board members elected by the AGM will be women. That's 33%. And we had set as our goal 25%. So we are actually in compliance. We have reached our goal 33%. Cyber attacks. F.L. Smith, naturally, like uh, all other big companies, I think I can say, yes, we have been exposed to, to, to things like that. But let me say quite clearly and that this is something we take obviously very seriously on the board and the management throughout the company. Uh, There is an ongoing training initiative of employees so as to have an even better preparedness vis-a-vis such attacks. So this is certainly a focal point for board management and the company as a whole. Insurance, well, yes, we have taken out whatever insurance you can take out against things like that. We have insurance covering any business disruption that a cyber cyber attack may lead to. Let me say one more thing before I ask Thomas to take over this thing about communication in English. Well, the uh, brief Danish version of the annual report, uh, we have... uh, decided not to make it going forward. There's been no demand for it, really. Last year, only 100, less than 100 people asked for that Danish version 94, to be particular. It's too expensive to produce when there's so little demand. So uh, it's, it's not worthwhile. So we will, we will be 
preparing only the English version going forward. Over to you, Thomas. For the question, um, yes, in our guidance for next year, the possible um, fluctuation in the commodity prices are calculated in. Maybe a word in general to the mining industry from that point of view. You will see commodity prices going up and down and floating around until the industry completely stabilized. That is still not the case, and we are not, um, yeah, reluctant to communicate that the industry is still in the trough and not out of the recession. We expect that with a slight improvement for 2018. And then to deliver such a solid result, especially in the second half of the year, is based on a fantastic group of employees all around the world. Thank you. Thank you. And now the, everyone can request the floor. I would ask you kindly to introduce yourself when you take the floor. Hello, I am Steph Mayan. A couple of years ago, I attended this AGM. Previously, we always used the SAS Falconer Hotel. Uh, I've been around for about 15 to 20 years in this company, also before we had non-Danish members of the executive management. It's a fine uh, venue, this hotel. Uh, when you sit in the room, you may doubt whether this is a day of celebration or a day of sorrow. No flowers. This might as well be a funeral. The other day, it was my pleasure two weeks ago to attend the AGM of one of the smallest banks in Denmark. There were flowers all over the place. There was an, an Italian singer coming after the event to sing a song. This looks like a day of sorrow and I know the results perhaps are a bit well depressing but uh, all the same. Item 7172, here it will be possible for us shareholders that we now have to put up with the fact that we will not have any releases from the company any longer in Danish. Mr. Schulz, dear chairman, what are you thinking of? This is a Danish company. It was established more than 100 years ago. What are you doing? Chairman, I'm asking you, what are you doing? Mr. Schulz, I'd like to say to you that I respected you deeply when you were brand new. You took the floor in this room and you said that you had learned about the Danish values after a very short period of time and you really liked the Danish values and you were very proud to be uh, a member of the executive management in this company, which is one of the five proudest uh, Danish industrial enterprises and then you will not publish anything in Danish any longer is you don't even send us anything in the mail any longer everything is on the website and the annual report you won't even give us that in Danish and then you have this summary how about sending it to all registered shareholders it might 
cause you to have a circulation of 500, then I'm sure you will find that it is affordable. So 7-1 and 7-2. I think we should ask for a vote if the board maintains its proposals because otherwise in two years everything will be in English and if you go to the website there will be nothing there in Danish any longer. Everything will be in English. Why do we have to put up with this as shareholders? There are two gentlemen seated up here that don't mind giving 44 million to the top people in FL Smith and they don't even want to pay for documentation in Danish for us. Why should we put up with this? And there's another speaker over here, and then we will have a, uh, an answer from the chairman of the board. Hello, thank you for uh, listening to me. I'm Werner Westergaard. I'm a simple shareholder. I support the previous speaker and also the person from the, sharehold, uh, the shareholders' society. I think it's too bad that we don't get things in Danish and everything arrives electronically today. Many people don't uh, have an opportunity to print out and read electronic communications. So uh, I think that we should vote against this. Thank you for these interventions. I didn't get the name of the first speaker, Ryan, I believe it was. And thank you, Van der Westermann, the second speaker, also for your intervention. Now, we, we haven't got any flowers up here, but it is a festive day because we are making progress. Uh, so uh, at least uh, big smiles. Uh, but you're right. Now, we haven't spent a lot of money on flowers. But anyway, thank you for your intervention. Well, we've chosen to go with the trend that exists, where you see more and more electronic communication only. That is a trend in society. It is the preferred mode of communication, and it's going to be even more and more dominant going forward. So we're in line with that, as are, as are many other big Danish companies. It's the same. And... Also, the corporate language is English in F.L. Smith. And as I said, there is a very weak demand for Danish language publications. I don't know, but uh, so they cost thousands of kroner per copy if there's only a demand for a hundred. So I do hope that you can manage with the publications that we that we publish in, in English. We'd like to maintain that, that. That is the way it's going to be going forward. We do have the electronic uh, e-voters, these devices, so when we come to 7172, we can quickly do the voting, and everybody can, in that way, voice their, um, their views. Does anyone else wish to speak at this point? You have the floor, sir. Bound Sørensen, your argument is just not good enough. We've sold one cement factory in Denmark, Aalborg, Portland. We've always had English as the corporate language, 
Of course, all your engineers speak English and language people and what have you. Those have contact with our customers. Of course, they speak English. Because the corporate language is English, you're saying then you should also speak English to, 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 to the shareholders. Jan Huno, the Lundbeck, the Lundbeck Foundation own 20% of the shares. We have thousands of Danish shareholders. It's got nothing to do with York. You can speak, I mean, the, the corporate language can be Spanish, English, uh, Italian, what have you. It doesn't matter what you do, but that's no reason to speak only English towards shareholders. We speak Danish. We would like to read Danish. I'm a shareholder in so many companies. If I am to have all these trouble, all these problems with words I don't understand and Google them all the time, I have to spend 30% more time to check the 2025 companies that I'm a shareholder in, and we shouldn't put up with that. Thank you. First we have that gentleman and then kill buyer afterwards. Hello, I'm Christian Arenstedt. I'm a family member. I'm in one of the old families behind FLS. And as an individual person, I suppose I'm still one of the major shareholders of the company. As regards the different changes proposed by the board of management today, I would like to say that the family looks very positively at more incentive pay in the company. We think it's a good thing to have a pay that matches our peers so we can attract uh, the best competences. And the families also very much support the fact that border management want to keep down costs. That's in the interest of all shareholders, that border management do not spend a lot of money on things that there's no demand for. That can give us more uh, dividend. So I'd like to thank border management. I appreciate what you've done, and thank you for taking us through some difficult years. Over to Kjell Bayer, and then we will hear from the chairman of the board afterwards. Thank you for giving me the floor. There's a difference between uh, being saving money and being tight-fisted. You are really tight-fisted vis-a-vis your owners. It's simply not good enough. I have the same problem. Lots of words I don't understand. And you have to bear in mind that the company has auditors to review the numbers, whether they're in accordance with the costs. But the transactions you carry out, it's shareholders that are supposed to decide on those transactions and you're presenting transactions in a language you don't understand. Who do you think you are? No, it's not good enough. You're supposed to present your financial statements in such a way that your owners can understand what's happening. So many things happening, share options and warrants and have you. You know, you can't understand that in a different language. Bear in mind, you belong in Denmark, you should present things in Danish. Previously, I've also asked for uh, information about the financial statements, four pages. I don't know what that would cost to be four pages to be sent out together with the convening notice. That's a five-year overview, the income statement, the balance sheet, and then the capital statement, you know, the equity statement, together with the convening notice. That should not be difficult for a company that can manage big factories and plants. I, I don't know 
what do you think about us as owners? Are we worth nothing to you? What's your opinion of us as owners? What's your view? The owners are not only those that have 50% of the shares, but also the small people who helped you get started. So, behave decently, please. Thank you. Thank you for the additional contributions from Mr. Royan, and thank you to Christian Anstead for the positive words. It's very gratifying to hear that from one of the founding families. And thank you also to Mr. Bayer for his contribution. I don't really have much to add to the issue about communication in English. We are not going to withdraw that proposal. The proposal stands, and we will then have a vote and see what happens. But we intend to to uphold it, and we have had many savings programs over time. We've had to say goodbye to many competent employees, and at one stage we also reached the relatively low amounts in the budget, but they are still there. And when we see a declining demand for the publication in Danish, and when uh, we consider that it has to be printed and not electronic, then it is much too expensive to produce it. Uh, also, in t- the translation costs, printing costs, no, we want to stand by our proposal, although I respect the points of view that have been vented by the speakers. And the chairman of the meeting, yes, we will have a vote concerning the two proposals when we get to those items in the agenda. Any other contributions at the present stage? That is not the case. We have now closed the debate concerning this point, and I will go over the individual items first. We had the report of the board of directors. We don't vote there. We have a debate, and after the debate, we make a note of the outcome. We're done with that. Then item two, presentation and approval of the annual report for 2016. That has been dealt with. Are there any additional questions? If that is not the case, I take it that the financial statements have been approved. Yes. Three, approval of fees to the board of directors. That too has been gone over the chairman in his report last year at the AGM, there was prior approval of the level of fees and remuneration for 2016, and this now has to be confirmed. So it is unchanged from last year, the prior approval, and I'd like to hear if there are any proposals or or, uh, comments. That is not the case. 3B, preliminary determination of fees for 2017. There was a proposal to increase the fee level. This was explained in the convening notice and dealt with in the report. We're talking 2017 now. Any questions or contributions from the audience? If that is not the case, I take it that this has been approved. Four, item four is distribution of profits or covering of losses in accordance with the approved annual report. was mentioned, the board proposes that six krona be paid in dividend per share. This can be reduced but not increased by the AGM. Any requests for a reduction of the dividend?
that is not the case, I take it then that this has been approved. Which brings us to item five, election of members to the board of directors. The rules in the Articles of Association in Article 11 is that there must be between five and eight members of the board elected by the AGM. We currently have seven, and there's a proposal for this to be reduced to six. It has already been explained that Mr. Benson and Mr. Jacobson will not seek re-election, and it has also been indicated that the board proposes that uh, Anna-Louise Eberhardt be elected as a new member and there will be a re-election according to the proposal from the Board of Directors of Mr. Vaughn Sørensen, Mr. Tom Knudsen, Ms. Caroline Saint-Marie, Mr. Myers Klobbers, and Mr. Smith, Rob Smith. And I now hand over to the Chairman. Yes, this is the recommendation from the Board that at the sixth member uh, of the Board, in addition to these five, should be Anne-Louise Eberhardt. She is down here. Would you stand, please? Anne-Louise Eberhardt has in-depth knowledge and experience from the financial sector primarily. She has great experience with buying and selling companies, with risk management, compliance, international contracts, finances, and stock uh, markets. Um, All these areas are extremely important to F.L. Smith, and that is why Anne-Louise Eberhardt will be able to make a considerable contribution to the board. So we are recommending her as the sixth member. Any questions or comments? Any other candidates? Peaceful. So I think that I can congratulate uh, these persons with being re-elected and newly elected to the board of directors. Next item on the agenda, that's item six, that's the appointment of an auditor. Uh, The company has carried out a tender procedure concerning the audit assignments last year. As you can see from the convening notice, two candidates were selected by the audit committee recommended to the board in accordance with the recommendation uh, from the audit committee, the board is proposing to appoint Ernst de Young as the auditors for the company. There are new rules concerning uh, the uh, appointment of auditor. It has to be stated that, in accordance with the audit committee, this is in accordance with the audit committee's recommendation. There has been no influence from any third party, and there have been no restrictions imposed. It's quite rare to see other candidates for this particular item, but it's not impossible. There are no other proposals, so congratulations and good luck with your first year. Ernst and Young. Item 7. Okay, we'll be using the electronic voting device. There are three motions from the Board Director 7-1. We've heard about that. The amendment of the articles so as to make it possible only to have company announcements in English at the present time. uh, They come out both in English and Danish. The board is asking for authorization. It's not a decision to only do it, but it's an authorization to the board to only use English going forward. We have heard comments. Um, Can we go straight to the voting procedure? Before we have the voting procedure, Even if it is very simple, we will show you a short film that describes how we use the electronic device. It is very simple. It would be a shame not to use it now that we have it. So there will be a little film 
This will not be interpreted since it only applies to people in the room that can see the uh, screen. Ivorder er din personlige stemmeseddel, som du skal bruge ved afstemning. Med din ankomst blev din ivorder registreret. Du kan kun stemme, når afstemningen er åben, hvilket vil fremgå af skærmen på din e-voter. Uden for afstemning vil din tryk ikke blive registreret. Vent til afstemningen åbner. Når du skal stemme til en forimod afstemning, skal du kun bruge knapperne lige under skærmen. Hvis du vil stemme for, trykker du på knappen under for. Hvis du vil stemme imod, trykker du på knappen under imod. Hvis du vil stemme blankt, trykker du på knappen under BLK. Din e-voter sender din stemme til modtageren. Når din stemme er modtaget, får du en kvittering på skærmen på din e-voter, som viser, hvad du har stemt. Det er vigtigt, at du sikrer dig, at du har modtaget kvitteringen. Det er din sikkerhed for, at din stemme er modtaget. Der kan gå op til 20 sekunder, inden du vil modtage din kvittering. Så længe afstemningen er åben, kan du ændre din valg ved at trykke igen. Når afstemningen er slut, vil resultatet blive præsenteret. Har du behov for hjælp, så kontakt venligst en repræsentant for selskabet. Bliv siddende og ræk din hånd op. Det var simpelt. Det var det. Simpelt. Der er 19 buttons, men kun 3 af dem er aktive. Der er 3 på toppen. Så vi vil åbne... Uh, the vote you can see in your display uh, now that you can vote. If you have any problems, just raise your hand. There are friendly people standing by to help you. Those in favor of the board's proposal uh, to give the board authorization to decide if they want that uh, announcements should only come out in English. If you're in favor, Press four, and if you're against it, press against. And uh, if you have no opinion either way, you can decide to do nothing, or you can press the one that is called blank, which means that you abstain. If it's not lit, if your display is not lit, there's a small button at the bottom right-hand corner you may have to press to activate or reactivate your e-voting device. Vi skal nok nå at få strøm i dem alle sammen. We will have them all up and running. Any other people who need help? Anybody who hasn't voted yet? If not, I would say the voting is over. And you will all see that uh, the display goes black when the computer has received all the votes. It can take a little while, but then the display will become black. That's the longest part of the uh, of the AGM is while I stand up here waiting for the result of vote. Now the lights are out, not in the room but on your e-voter and it will be just a few seconds, up to half a minute then we will have the result and it will come up on the screen here next to me. When we have received that I will move on to 7.2, the second topic that we have already talked about. The question of introducing electronic communication. 
and I can say briefly, this is also uh, an amendment to the articles, and therefore we require two-thirds majority. It will become 10A, Article 10A of the Articles of Association. In principle, it says what's in the first two lines. The company uses electronic document exchange and electronic mail, electronic communication, and the company may at any time choose to communicate by ordinary post or ordinary mail instead, because we still have a regular postal service. Well, we will not have the discussion in that field uh, until we have the outcome, the result of the vote on 7-1. I believe it's here now, yes, and the motion from the board directors has been duly adopted. Um, the voting outcome will also be in the minutes that will be published within two weeks. So the 7-1, the motion under 7-1 has been duly adopted. So let us move on to 7-2. I have presented that to you. Uh, we also have heard interventions in this field, but it's possible still to have the floor if anybody so wishes. If not, we will have the vote. Nobody else wants to speak on this one. I don't think we need to see the video again, so we can just go straight to the voting under 7-2. That has to do with electronic communication. Mine is open now, I can see, so those in favor, you press 4. Uh, if you don't support it, you can vote against, or you can press blank, which means that you abstain, or you can just do nothing. When you press, it will say sending. The display will say sending, and you will get a kind of acknowledgement that you have voted. Does anyone need assistance? Anyone hasn't voted yet? If not, I think we can close this vote. We've done that, and then we're just waiting for the result. And while we wait for that, I'll just briefly introduce 7-3 to you. We don't need a vote under 7-3. 7-3 is about authorizing the company to acquire treasury shares. This is a standard authority that practically all uh, companies will ask for the ADM to grant it to uh, acquire treasury shares equivalent to a total of 10% of the company's share capital. And this authority is to be exercised in the period until next year's ADM. And it must be uh, at a price that not, doesn't deviate by more than 10%. I think we have the figures now behind us on the screen, that's true, and the board's proposal has been carried. And the exact numbers will appear in the minutes that will be published from this meeting, which now brings me back to 7.3, Treasury shares, the standard authorization. Any questions or comments? Anyone wanting a vote to be taken? Otherwise, I take it for uh, having been approved. A simple majority is all it takes. Then we have 7.4, which is approval of the updated guidelines for incentive pay. The guidelines that are accessible on the company's website on a permanent basis suggest, uh, well, involve two amendments that have already been introduced. In principle, the two numbers that uh, define how high a proportion of the pay that can be uh, covered by an incentive 
pay scheme. Anyone requesting info? Yes, we have a shareholder now approaching the restaurant. I'm Jens Dinknusen. I'm a shareholder of FL Smith. Um, I'm kind of nerdy. I would like to know what the implications are of voting yes or no. So I have a question concerning incentive pay. As a shareholder, we are, I am interested in revenue, costs, what's left before tax, but in particular what's left after tax, because what's left after tax is what we use to invest in growth, to pay dividend or to buy back shares. So my first question is, of course, I realize tax is a very complicated thing. Some of those who receive these shares live in other countries, and it, of course, depends on whether F.L. Smith is generating a profit or not. I, of course, take it that it generates a profit and pays tax. And in order to make this easy, the I will ask my question related to a person living in Denmark. So my question is, if we get... Uh, well, if you pay 100 kronen in pay, in, in pay, you can deduct it in tax. But if you pay 50 kroner in performance-related shares, I take it that if we buy the share the same day as we grant it to these people, it will not have any tax complications. So the performance-related pay costs the shareholders 64% of the base pay after tax. Is this correctly understood? The 64% is what we have to pay. I'm not against this. I just want to know if this is correctly understood. What are the implications for the recipients of the shares? Take again a Dane paying the high tax rates, already having shares, paying 42% in in tax on shares. He gets this 50 uh, kroner in the form of a performance-related tax. If he received this as pay, he would have 46% left after tax. So the implications are that these shares can actually account for 43% of basic pay after his tax. Is this correctly understood if we operate in a Danish context? context. I know that it will change upwards or downwards in other contexts, but is it true that when we talk about performance-related shares, we as shareholders pay 64% of the basic pay, whereas as an employee, it's lower, and these shares are not deductible in ta for tax purposes. It's even more complex if you pay 200 kroner for the share and you had to pay 300 but I'll skip that example for the time being Bayer. Mr. Bayer is the next speaker and we will hear you before we ask the chairman to answer the questions put well it's wonderful with these shares because the price is of the share is very low right now which means that those that get these shares without doing a lot of work, they will benefit from the 
improvement in business trends, and then they will uh, applaud themselves later. I think that you should kick out against these people in the same way you have kicked out against the shareholders by uh, denying us documentation in Danish. We should reduce these incentive pay programs by 50% so that people only get half of what you have proposed because that would really be of financial benefit. And in view of the low share prices, is not really a problem to buy back shares to use in these programs. But an example from the real world is a major Danish business that bought back shares to cover the incentive schemes, 206 million kroner, but the price declined to one-third. No one wanted to take up the shares at the price that they had been asked to pay. Then a new release came from a company. You can pay now only one-third. Yes, said all the employees. We'd love to take up the shares at one-third of the original price. And they paid 66 million for these shares. But the difference between the 206 million that the company had paid and the 66 million that the employees had paid, well, that bill had to be uh, footed by the shareholders. We want the same tight-fistedness in relation to uh, these people that are at the receiving end of these incentive pay schemes as you have been in relation to shareholders. So that's my proposal, that you give this cost-saving round your, well, full speed and let it hit everyone and everybody. Thank you, Lars Vestergaard, the CFO, will respond. Does anybody else wish to speak? We will then have a vote on this item in any event so that people can voice their opinion through their vote. Yeah, the first question, a bit technical in nature. The point is that um, it's my understanding that there's symmetric taxation of all the incentive programs if we get 100 kroner pay it's like if we get 10 kroner bonus the taxation is symmetrical share program if we get shares out they get taxed the same way as salary so there's no difference in the way that that this is taxed it's technical we'll check it and if you have any further interest we can certainly go come back to you with, with more details there's the question concerning from Mr. Kelbayer, the long-term incentive program, the shares are, are given at, at the current price. We don't have that old system you talked about where you can get shares at a discount compared with the current price. So these problems that they existed with share options before, we do not have the problems you talked about with our long-term incentive program. Any other questions or queries before we have the vote? That is not the case. We will then vote, and it is 7-4. We are voting on approval of the updated guidelines for incentive pay. We will open the voting. My display has been lit. Those in favor of the board's um, proposed amendment here, please Press 4. If you're against, you press against. And again, of course, you can um, 
abstain by pressing blank or you can decide not to use the voter. And again, please put up your hand if you need assistance. Has everybody voted? Can we close the voting procedure? It seems to be the case. So we can say that to the technicians. You can deactivate the voting devices. Well, my display is black now. We just need the count before we get the result. This was the last item on our agenda, so I can't spend the wait explaining what the next item. Of course, the next item is any other business. You can have the floor, but we cannot vote on anything. You can say whatever you want, but nothing can be decided under any other business. This is the last remaining item on the agenda. We have the result here. Again, as we can see, the motion from the board has been adopted by 97.18%. The figures will also be in the minutes from the AGM. That brings us to any other business. Does anybody wish to speak here before I give the floor back to the chairman? Yes, there is a gentleman down here. Please come up to the rostrum. Does anybody else wish to speak after that? If not, the um, AGM agenda has been exhausted. There's been a lot of talk about money and incentives and that kind of thing. I have looked frantically in this booklet to see what is actually paid to the board members. I don't know if it's in a language I don't understand, but I don't. I would like someone to tell me where to find that particular piece of information. Yeah, can mention and the chairman of the meeting. While the board chairman is looking for the right place, it will be in a note, and we'll find the note for you. And also, the numbers are for 2016, and they are in the convening notice under 3A. And we have another contribution from the audience. In the chairman's report, it was said that we shouldn't expect large orders in the mineral division. So in order to fulfill the guidance for 2017 in F.L. Smith, we depend on getting much more orders in the cement plant division. And here it was said that there was a pressure on prices. Now, is it among suppliers or is it general throughout the cement industry? Where is the price pressure actually to be found? So I'd like to know if there's price pressure internally in the industry among our customers. It is a huge industry, and it's also an industry that is very important for the dry cargo industry because, uh, like cereals, a lot of cement is taken by, uh, by boat to uh, markets. So I'd like to hear from the chairman or our German uh, CEO, uh, how, do, uh, how do you respond to these price pressure? Our cement factories are, are the best in the world. They've always been renowned for that. Now, you've been a CEO now for three or four years. Are our plants still undisputedly the best cement plants worldwide, Mr. Schultz? And 
what about research when there's a, a pressure on prices among suppliers even? Do we maintain a very high level of activity in research so that technologically we are still uh, at the front end worldwide or well, says the chairman of the meeting, we were not supposed to go into a new debate concerning the report. I intend to consider uh, this item as uh, closed unless there are any other contributions there are not. Okay, over to the chairman. Yeah, yeah this uh, question about the price pressure. That's really something for Thomas Schultz. <laughs> He'll respond to that one. And uh, the remuneration for the board, you have it on page 120 in the annual report. You have the total rounded off amounts, uh, saying that in 2015 it was 5 million kroner all in all rounded off, and the same in 16. So there's been, there was no change. It's also on page 117 in the annual report, divided into the individual board members. So 4.8 million in 15 and 5.1 million in 2016. So pages 117, 120. Thank you very much for the question regarding the pricing and the R&D. Maybe I'll start with that we took the liberty to measure our the brand awareness of Effel Schmidt in the cement industry, and we are the undisputed number one in the world. I can describe it like that. We are the same known in cement as Coca-Cola is known in soft drinks. There's no one close to us. And to answer with R&D, one part of that top position in the market is our innovation cycle. That we get orders like out of Bangladesh, from new customers to build the biggest ever built vertical roller mill is only a proof of our innovation cycle and our top performance in technology, not only in cement, by the way, in minerals too. Then pricing. Pricing has actually nothing to do with the customers. It's about the peers. And we have some peers, and they are coming out of the south of Denmark, a country I know a little bit. And out of that country, we have pricing pressure. That is a fact. That is what we know. And the industry is still, still slowly coming out of an unbelievable long recession. And everyone fights for survival there. We have a very strong market position. We showed quite good orders. And that makes us, of course, as a target to go against us with low prices. We defend that as much as we can, especially through technology. And management is definitely certain, with the setup what we have, with the colleagues what we have, that this situation will improve. But of course, a little bit tailwind from the market is needed. Thank you. So, a clear message. So I take it that we have exhausted any other business, and therefore I will give the floor back to the chair of the board who will round off the AGM for us. Thank you. First of all, I'd like to thank Mr. Suko for 
as always, steering us safely through the agenda of the AGM. And also, warm thanks to all the people that turned up for our meeting. Thanks for good contributions and a good uh, discussion. And thank you for your interest in the company we are all related to. We do feel that you are very important, and we do take you very seriously. I need to talk to uh, the shareholder that was referred to with the 20%. I didn't know you had come that high. Anyway, there are refreshments outside, and we will be present. Members of the board and executive management will be available. Thank you very much for coming. The meeting is adjourned.